God's grace, mercy and peace be with you. The grace of God has dawned upon the world through our Saviour Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for us to purify a people as his own. Let us confess our sins. God, be gracious to us and bless us, and make your face shine upon us. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May your ways be known on the earth, your saving power among all nations. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. You, Lord, have made known your salvation and reveal your justice in the sight of the nations. Lord, have mercy. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. My colleague Alastair will now come and read to us from the book of Nehemiah. A reading from the book of the prophet Nehemiah. All the people gathered together in the, into the square before the water gate. They told the scribe Ezra to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel. Accordingly, the priest Ezra brought the law before the assembly, both men and women, and all who could hear with understanding. This was on the first day of the seventh month. He read from it, facing the square before the water gate, from early morning until midday, in the presence of the men and the women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. And Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. Then Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. Then they bowed their heads and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. So they read from the book, from the law of God, with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Alastair. I think the prophet Nehemiah is one of my favourite prophets. St Martin's Voices will now sing to us some verses from Psalm 19.
A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our sermon this morning is delivered by my colleague Matthew. Today's readings are both episodes in the Bible where scripture itself is read. The first comes from the historical book of Nehemiah, an account of the rebuilding of Jerusalem and of a spiritual renewal of the Jewish people after years of exile. Ezra the priest, who is charged with the work of that renewal, reads out the law of Moses to the people in the presence of men and women and those who could understand. And the ears of all the people were attentive to the book of the law. They read from the book from the law of God with interpretation. They gave the sense so that the people understood the reading. Ezra is joined in this task by others. And in response, all the people raised their hands and said, Amen, Amen, so be it. Let it be so. This retelling of the law to a people who had walked for a long time in exile at the very cusp of renewal creates in that people a desire to restore the law as revealed to Moses, as the broken city of Jerusalem is itself restored. In subsequent chapters, the people renew their covenant with God, their promise with God, and celebrate this new epoch. In the passage from Luke's Gospel, we are faced with a very different reaction to the reading of Scripture. The proclaimer of the word, in this case Jesus, is treated first with astonishment, then with increasing hostility, as it becomes clear that he fulfills the prophecy which he proclaims, just as he suggests. This episode comes near the beginning of the public life of Jesus. He has been baptised, anointed by the Spirit, and identified as God's Son, the Beloved. He has been tempted and teased by Satan in the desert. And now, as he teaches, filled by the Spirit, he returns to a challenging audience in his hometown. There in the synagogue at Nazareth, Jesus offers a persuasive testimony and summary of his future work on earth and a vision for his mission and ministry. To do all this, since he is rooted in the great tradition of Israel, he reads passages from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Because we know how the story ends, Christians can readily point to places in the Gospels where exactly these things happen, and indeed, 
Jesus points to the fact that today this scripture has been fulfilled. The one to whom it refers has come. In hearing about this and other stories from Jesus's life, we are invited to discern, to explore what they reveal about what God has done and will do, and we are invited to respond. Back to the synagogue at Nazareth. If this scripture is fulfilled, then Jesus is the one on whom the Spirit of the Lord rests, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. How can this be, say the Nazarenes? They cannot believe what they are hearing. Jesus is just another neighbourhood face. Is he not just the son of Joseph? We can see ourselves in their place, doubtful about the dramatic claims that Jesus makes. What a difference from the reaction to the law read by Ezra. Instead of restoring peace and orderly lives, these people want to cast this messenger out of the town and throw him off a cliff. But Jesus is not just another rabbi. Jesus came not primarily to be a teacher. He came to be a saviour. I wonder why the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Perhaps it was because they noticed a glimmer of real truth in his claims. Sometimes we are all too quick to say that what is comfortable must also be correct, and to say that if a truth is uncomfortable, one should put it from mind. But the Gospel of Jesus Christ calls us to a difficult and sometimes uncomfortable position, challenging to accomplish, to be part of what builds the kingdom that Jesus proclaims, to bring good news to the poor and sight to the blind, freedom to the captive, to set those who are downtrodden back on their feet. How often are we bound more by our own expectations than by open and genuine desire to discern God's will? It is surely difficult to recognise the truth when it comes from a source from which we don't expect it. In this week of prayer for Christian unity, I encourage you to think and pray. How might churches which are not your own help you to learn about God? And how might that understanding bring Christians who are part of different communities closer together? Let us pray that that same spirit will move us to discover greater knowledge and love of God, to reject prejudice and distrust, and to open ourselves to insights where we do not necessarily expect them. Let us pray that the spirit which rested on Jesus might inspire in us lives of self-giving love offered to God and to neighbour, that things which were cast down might be raised up, and that things which had grown old might be made new. Amen.
So together, let us declare our faith in God. We believe in God the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. We believe in God the Son, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with his love. We believe in God the Holy Spirit, who strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. So as we come to our intercessions, I'd like to invite you to perhaps use your hands as a way of focusing. When we give a thumbs up, that usually indicates that all is good. So as we hold our thumb, let us think back over the last week. What has given you joy? Where have you seen signs of God in our world? Lord our God, we thank you with gratitude for all the good things that have happened this week. We ask that you would help us to be aware of and look out for your presence in our world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our forefinger is often used to point the way or show direction. So as we hold this finger, we pray for those who give direction in our lives, who point the way to Jesus and guide us on our journey of faith. And in this week of Christian unity, we give thanks for the many churches and denominations in our country. May we together show the love of Christ that unites us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our middle finger is usually the most prominent on our hand. So as we hold this finger, we pray for those who hold prominent positions in the governments around the world. Lord our God, may they rule wisely and justly. May those who have power use it with wisdom. May they seek the common good and not selfish gain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our fourth finger often reminds us of love and family and those who we hold dear. So as we hold this finger, we give thanks for all who have loved us in our lives, for those whom we love, both near and far. And we pray that those who feel unloved or forgotten this day may know the love of Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And our little finger reminds us of those who often feel weak and insignificant. As we hold this finger, we hold before God all who to this day are anxious, worried, sick or in despair. Loving God, give peace in anxiety and strength in weakness to those who today need to rely on you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we hold our hands before us, we pray, Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. And as we continue in prayer, the collect for the third Sunday in Epiphany. Almighty God, whose Son revealed in signs and miracles the wonder of your saving presence, renew your people with your heavenly grace, and in all our weakness, sustain us by your mighty power. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen.
And together we pray the words that Jesus taught us and which have been used in denominations across our country in this week of prayer for Christian unity. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we go into our week and before the St Martin's Voices sing Christ is King. May Christ, the Son of God, perfect in you the image of his glory and gladden your hearts with the good news of his kingdom. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you now and forever. Amen. Amen.